This week on Southern Fried Philosophy, Biggin's wife retaliates because of the podcast question of the week. We have some wacky news. There's riots in France because of what? Nutella. We bring back that time of the month. And special guest, Amanda Head. She is the Hollywood conservative. Here we go. Southern Fried Philosophy coming up next. Hey guys, it's me, Bigging. Summer is made for grilling and chilling, and you too can be the baddest mother smoker on the block using our favorite award-winning smoking sauce. Bad Mother Smokers is perfect match for that favorite meat, veggies, or even that secret ingredient in a pot of chili. Check out badmothersmokers.com to place your order, and if you want to be a barbecue pit master like Mojo, enter the promo code MOJO for 10% off your order. Visit badmothersmokers.com or the sponsor section of our website at southernfriedphilosophy.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckle Studios right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. I'll be your host, Biggin. How about you? Let me bring in the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right. I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's honorable mention beefcake of the year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one. It's Mojo! Southern Fried and Southern Pride. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. You can reach us on Facebook at Southern Fried Philosophy. You can also go to Instagram and Twitters at SFP Radio. Also, check out our website at www.southernfriedphilosophy.com and also youtube.com slash SFP Radio. I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Mojo, how you be darn? Boy, you know what burns my biscuits this week. Well, bring the heat. Women's lip gloss. <laughs> Man. You're not kidding. I, don't, I, oh. I, I, I like Carmex. Oh, if, I, if I have to throw it on, just throw on some Carmex or some chapstick. Really? Yeah. Okay. And speaking of chapsticks, maybe, maybe we'll segue into that from the uh, State of the Union right? <laughs> <laughs> speech from last night. But uh, yeah, my wife has the this uh, mm. lip gloss. Mm-hmm. It's like fruit flavored, but dude, mm. it is like sticky like a fly trap. <laughs> And she'll be able to give me a kiss, and after all these years, I finally got the side swipe where I just get the cheek. But, Ooh. dude, it is, it is like, I'm telling you, it's like sticky life flypaper. you got to get some WD-30 to get it smooth and nice yeah. and pretty for you again? God, it, it just it's aggravating. I, I, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, but you know, slap some coconut oil or okay. some chapstick or Carmex or something. But, dude, this stuff will... I don't know. Luckily, she doesn't ride the motorcycle that stuff on because she'll probably have to collect all the flies. Mm. So, how um, you doing? I'm good. I, the thing I don't, my wife is addicted to chapstick. Is yours like every oh, yeah. five seconds? Like, I got to bring my chapstick Can on. you bring my lip gloss up? Yes. Oh, my God. I don't know where it's at. Yes. And, so. and she has tons of these yeah. like little pencil ones. Yeah. And then she inevitably like puts them in the wash and then I find them in the dryer. Right. It's all over. It's all it, over the place. You're right. You're right. And especially this time of year, the winter, mm. it's worse. Yeah, but so. Carmex, dude, that stuff stinks. I don't care. It, it stinks. When you need it, you need it. No, I so, understand. But, but, like, just get regular chapstick or whatever. It's, <sighs> I can't do it. I can't do you Carmex. You know, the gas station I go to that has the mm. nasty coffee mm. I talked about last week, <laughs> all they have is Carmex, so I have to get all the right. Carmex. All right. So. Well, last week, my wife... 
Um, we talked about the podcast question of the week. How many times do you uh, change your towel coming out of the shower or bath mm-hmm. or whatever? Well, my wife evidently listened to that episode. And at, at the, the Biggin household, we have our towels in a what she calls a basket. I call it a cloth box. <laughs> um, and she And we hide it behind a... Um, curtain, so you don't really see what's behind curtain number one. It's it's either a towel or a car, you know, or, one of those or two. Or the wizard. Or the wizard, you're right. Um, so evidently my wife had listened to the show and did not quite appreciate the humor or the question. Uh, I go to reach behind said curtain, and there are no towels. Oh. Um, there is no paper box or, or cloth box. Right, right. There's, there's nothing. She she hid the oh, towels. No. That's that's cruel. And and it was that time where I sniffed said towel and was like, all right, this one's getting a little little stale. I need right. to switch out. And mm, hey, buddy. So I had to. I had the the question: Do I use said stale towel or do I use the clothes? That I came in, or, or the bath. I didn't even think of the bath mat or toilet paper. Like, how do I get myself at least dry enough to go downstairs right. or try to find the towels? So I ended up using the sour towel, which made me Ugh. have to go downstairs, get a clean towel, bring it back upstairs, and alas, take Retake another shower. shower. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You never want to do the toilet paper because then you end up looking oh, like yeah. a mummy. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> a mummy that was thrown into the lake. <laughs> Mind you. Yeah, there's nothing like a sour towel. That starts Mm-mm. off your day wrong. You know? it's, it's awful. Especially if you don't notice it at first and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden get halfway to work yes. or something like that or down the road. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can, yep. I, can, I can make it for an awkward day. Yeah. So it was it was a little crazy at the uh, the big household for that. So I guess we need to stop with you, stop you coming up with uh, podcast questions, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Or just look behind the curtain to see if there's towels. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it doesn't help that my wife has been sick this week. Oh, no. So she has also um, have not done any laundry. And, and I'm not putting it on her. I'm completely I'm, – I should be doing the laundry as well. But I've been busy, just didn't want to do it, taking care of her and so forth. So now not only do we not have towels, like there are no towels, clean towels in the, in the big household. So mm, I'm doing laundry when I get home. I got it, babe. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Of course, by the time she listens to this next week. She'll probably have done them all anyway. <laughs> That's what I try to do. I try to I try to hold out. I, I, I boycott a lot because a, right. a lot of times I have to do a lot of stuff just because my schedule's a little more flexible now mm-hmm. than my wife's. But a lot of times if I get tired of like doing stuff, I just mm-hmm. boycott. See how, see how long we both can go without, you know? And as a guy, I know I can go longer because we're nasty mm. creatures. There's so many jokes there. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> Just leave them yeah, right just there. Just leave that there. <laughs> well, speaking about crazy and wacky, let's go to some wacky news. There are riots going on in France. I don't know if you saw this article or not, but um, last week there were three stores that had riots break out in France because Nutella. That's, uh, I mean, Nutella's delicious. It but, is delicious. Uh, I don't know if I'd be rioting over it, but I guess they make fun <laughs> of our Black Friday, so I guess that's their Black Friday. <laughs> oh, no pun intended. So um, it, it, the price went from about $5.60 down to a dollar seventy five, mm. and so people were were 
going nuts for this Nutella before the stores opened at 8.15, which, by the way, why is a store not open by 8.15? There were uh, a line of 200 people oh, wow. ready to pounce. You said this happened in France? In France. I'm kind of surprised. They, I'm kind of surprised they actually fought. They usually give up every war. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I like that French laugh you did there. <laughs> I can do that all day, every day, buddy. Um, so I thought that was weird. Like people yeah. just went ballistic. Three, uh, three stores had riots. They had to call in uh, El Palicio. Mm. Uh, after uh, ten minutes, the Nutella was gone, just gone. Wow, that's mm. uh, it's such a passion over there too. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. certain, I mean, we, yeah. we we have gravitated towards it here, but man, over in Europe, it is just it's crazy and plus you know it's obviously more expensive there than it is here so how much is it is a bottle here or uh, three nine, i think 399 for about the same size jar that they were they were fighting over hmm. uh, so 599 you know and plus it's made there they got we have to import it here oh so, for real yeah. i didn't realize yeah. that huh. um yeah so that's, of course france is a little higher i think germany where i think it's made in germany i think but uh, hmm. i don't know if it's cheaper in germany but obviously in france it's a little up there yeah I, I did learn this valuable lesson. We went to the Froyo, the Sweet Frog, and got some Froyo. Right. And then they have where – and it's just, you know, get the Froyo. They put all your toppings on it, weigh it, and, right. you know, it costs you $900. Well, <clears throat> I didn't realize the Nutella was in a little jar thing. I was like, oh, yeah. So I squeezed it all out, got it in my, you know, ice cream, got mm-hmm. it like I liked it, and then uh, started eating it and realized it froze – and big globs no. in the froyo. So don't put it in the refrigerator like the instructions say. Didn't realize that you probably shouldn't put it in your froyo either. You get a surprise about every three I bites. Yeah. It. I mean, it was all clumped up there. Yeah, like I'm sure. Kitty litter. <laughs> oh, there's some Nutella right there. What do you got? Uh, yeah, man charged with a DUI after ordering a burrito in a bank drive through this, <laughs> this, this comes from Spring Hill, Florida. Authorities say a Florida man was charged while driving under the influence after mistaking a bank drive through for a Taco Bell. Uh, the Tampa Bay <laughs> Times reports a 38-year-old uh, Douglas John Francisco was arrested Wednesday after evening outside the Bank of America branch in Spring Hill. Of course. Um, the Hernando County Sheriff's Office says employees spotted Francisco passed out in the bank's drive through lane after the workers banged on his uh, car for some time. Deputies say Francisco finally woke up and tried to order a burrito. Mm. When the branch manager told him <laughs> this wasn't a Taco Bell, he reportedly drove to the front of the parking lot. <laughs> anyway, that's basically it. He failed, a, uh, he failed a sobriety test and yada, yada, yada. Well, that's a shocker. Now, I mean, after you've had a few, mm-hmm. Taco Bell does sound good. Yeah, I or, mean, yeah, I mean, so I can understand where the guy was heading, but of course, um, yeah, I don't know if there's any bank out there that has Taco Bell colors, it, mm. especially not Bank of America. But can I just say this? You should be able to go through an ATM and then also order a taco. They're probably pretty soon. You'll probably have that. That but, would be genius. But, uh, yeah, or that, some Nutella. <laughs> just throwing that out there. I've never had Nutella after a few drinks. But <laughs> sure, it's just as amazing sober. <laughs> Oh, um, this one's tough. Uh, Waffle House customer, I will blankety blank, or I will go to blankety blank jail after some barbecue sauce. So in Bibb County, Georgia, of course, right off old I-75, Tuesday morning, a man sat down for some food. He got got his order like he liked it, and then uh, he asked the restaurant for some barbecue sauce. Waffle House said, Oh, no, we ain't got no barbecue sauce. 
the man said, I will go to jail for some bleepity bleep barbecue sauce. And then at that point started getting angry and throwing things and calling, uh, screaming obscenities, insulting the workers and said, get me some bleepity bleep bar- uh, barbecue sauce. Evidently, he really liked the Bad Mother Smokers barbecue sauce when he was in the Waffle House. Um, and then he got arrested. But here's my question. How does Waffle House not have barbecue sauce? I have, uh, I have dined quite frequently all right. over the South at Waffle Houses. Yeah. I've never seen barbecue sauce. But, but you would think there should be barbecue sauce there. I think a Heinz 57. Mm-mm. And then a little bit of ketchup together, you're all right. You're straight. But what are you going to eat barbecue sauce on? I mean, hash browns? So the ribeye? Uh, yeah, that's what the Heinz is for, I guess. Mm. We should probably call a Waffle House if they have barbecue sauce. Oh, should we? <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> you got it. Waffle House, Conquer Park Lane. Uh, yes, uh, this is Biggin from the Southern Fried Philosophy Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing very good, thank you. Awesome. Are you place to go order? Actually, uh, we have a question. We're doing a, a radio show, and uh, there was a story of a man that uh, – got arrested because he could not get any barbecue sauce at a Waffle House. Um, do you guys have barbecue sauce? We don't, no. <laughs> the only thing we have, that, you know, maybe close to it, would be Heinz 57. That's what I said. Okay. All right, well, thank you. Well, what, what, You're very welcome. What is there? Why don't you have barbecue sauce? Do you have any, any reason why? No, I mean, we don't make any type of any type of barbecue or any type of sandwiches like that. What we do, we do make steaks and then quarters. So for the steaks, we do have a one sauce. Mm. Have you thought about maybe putting the barbecue sauce in like the hash browns? What would you call that? You know, we have not. We haven't really thought about doing it that way at all. Huh. Well, maybe we should we should think about it. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Have a good night. You're very welcome. You too. Bye now. Bye. So there we go. We got it straight from the... Uh, the official mouth. The official mouth. Waffle House does not have barbecue sauce. Nor do they have any intentions or purpose. It didn't sound like they, yeah. they were going to go out and get some. No, I doubt but it. But I do think some barbecue sauce in the hash browns. I mean, they put gravy on the hash browns. Yeah, but gravy goes good with everything. You're right about that. I, gravy would probably go good on lasagna. But I think... I don't Pizza. Know about that. But I do think some barbecue sauce would be good. So maybe they're missing out. Well, change.org. <laughs> start a petition drive. There. I heard, didn't Trump get rid of that? I, I don't think so. I just saw one the other day. Mm, well, speaking of Trump, um, Air Force One is primed to receive an upgrade that will include new refrigerators. You want to guess how much these new refrigerators are going to cost? Uh, probably 10 times too much. Let me tell you, $24 million. Obviously, they didn't go to the HH Craig sixty uh, percent closing final sale. I'm gonna need you to go to Costco and pick up two refrigerators. Two refrigerators called, or sorry, two of the five quote unquote cold chiller units aboard the aircraft used by Donald Trump is going to be replaced at an astounding twenty four million dollars. All right, is there anything special about these? Nope. And Are they like, do they have parachute pods? Like if the plane's going down, they can hop into the fridge? And Nope. These units were based on the technology at the time and designed for short-term food storage, mm. the Air Force spokesperson said. I mean, listen, $24 million <laughs> for a fridge? Uh, yeah. I, you I, can pay me $24 million and I'll bring like an igloo cooler and, and I'll take care of it. 
or or actually you just go buy a regular fridge. I mean, you still pocket quite a bit of money. I'm, so. I'm trying to get $24 million. So obviously, obviously, we're making fun of this, but and it's a, it's a huge waste of government money. But uh, I'm sure these aren't the standard uh, residential fridges. They're probably, you know, obviously he's got to feed. It's probably, this is probably a uh, apocalyptic scenario fridge where they're going to be an air for quite a while, it's going to hold. It's going to house X amount of food for cabinet members. And I don't know. I, I bet you the current you. one has trouble in hot and humid environments. I mean, well, just cancel <laughs> visiting any Saudi Arabia or any other desert countries. Twenty-four million dollars. I just think that's. A I'm not bit justifying. Too much. No, I'm I understand. There, there's probably some. Hopefully, some certain uh, something that's. There's got to be something. I'm ho- hopefully it's not a Kenmore. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's the Walmart uh, brand. Unless they bought like the extended warranty for 300 years, you know that could be that could be the part of the problem. I mean, but yeah, it's. Uh, so your total is uh, is 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 three thousand dollars for only you know twenty twenty three million dollars more. You get, you get this the extended you get the pla- warranty. You get the platinum edition warranty. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, yeah government waste. That's that's a big one. Yeah, you think? Yeah. All right, so um, here's my my last wacky news. Um, here it is: a Tennessee man flips a car five times after letting quote Jesus take the wheel. Well, that's a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Captain. I don't think the song literally means you know let go of the wheel, mm-hmm. but obviously this guy was either looking for a great excuse or has listened to Carrie uh, Underwood so much. Mm. A Tennessee man told police this week that Jesus personally came to him and told him to let him drive on his behalf. Wow. Um, Now, I have to tell you, Mr. Chad England, uh, who was speaking gibberish when he got picked up, uh, was carrying six grams of marijuana, 0.6 grams of cocaine, a pipe, rolling papers, three-fourths bottle uh, empty of Royal Crown, and a small empty Crown Royal, uh, and several cans used for huffing. So uh, Jesus came, and Jesus came to party, I guess. So, oh, man. I don't think that was Jesus. I think it was the homeless guy. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's uh, – where did this happen at? In Tennessee. Oh, okay. Of course, in yeah. Tennessee. you got to keep it below the Mason-Dixon line for this craziness. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, though he was in his wits enough to say that I would refuse to take the blood test. Well, at least he did. Uh, at least he did uh, protect himself from uh, legal search and seizure there. So, <laughs> way to know your rights, everybody. So there he is, Jesus, take the wheel. Mm. All right. So that is our wacky news. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have that time of the month. We haven't done that one in a while, but uh, I know you're on your seats, ready to know what's going on in the month of February. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. We'll be right back. Do you know it takes a customer three seconds to decide whether to stay or leave your website? That's why a crisp, clean, and user-friendly website is one of the best ways to market and help and grow your business. At Webmerize Web Design, we offer that and much more. They pride themselves in offering their clients professional websites at affordable prices. Are you a small business? No problem. We can cater to small businesses by working with their clients every step of the way to meet their needs and expectations. Their number one goal is to partner with their clients to help and grow their business with a successful website. They work for every client 
no matter the size. So if you'd like a great website, go to webmerize.com, W-E-B-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D.com, or you can check out their link on the sponsors link of our website. If you mention the word Biggin, you'll get 10% off your website design order. Again, webmerize.com. Check them out. The views and opinions of Southern Fried Philosophy are not necessarily those of our sponsors, friends of the show, or guests, but they should be. All right, that time of the month. The tears are flowing, they're coming once again. And I'm starting fights that I just can't win. Why do I try? I never can tell. This time of the month, oh, it sure is hell. Can you tell our listeners what that time of the month is, my friend? Yeah, that time of the month is uh, not what you would think it would be. No, but no, no. it's uh, that time when we kind of highlight and focus on some wacky, crazy, nonsensical uh, holidays that we celebrate. Well, we may not celebrate. You may not be able to find a card at Hallmark, but these are <laughs> these are some interesting ones that we found in February. When you think of February, what do you think of? Uh, spending way too much money on Valentine's Day. <laughs> right. You think, hey, love love is in the air. Right. Um, but I would not think it's Adopt-A-Rescued Rabbit Month. I would a not ra- think that. <clears throat> a Rescued Rabbit Month. Rabbit. Okay, I thought the, you said rabbit. <laughs> the, or that. Maybe it's a rabid rabbit. Um, it's already rescued. Why are we now adopting it? I don't get it. Yeah. Seems redundant. Yeah, I agree. Redundant. I, 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 once again, what do you have to do to get on this list? You have to pay $250. That's it. I think that's it. Well, I'm coming up with one myself. <laughs> these are stupid months. Months. All right. Well, I mean, I can't get any worse than these. Yeah, you're right. Do you have one? A national haiku writing month. Ooh. Still remember dumb. writing a haiku in fifth grade. I don't even know what a haiku is. I think it's some Japanese... Martial arts. It's very yeah. similar. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not. It, it's a form of Japanese poetry. Okay. So it's it's not the you know the re, the repetitive uh, ones you you know you you mm. anyway you know what I'm saying I can't yeah. pronounce it or talk about it right now. <laughs> but it's Japanese Japanese poetry. Okay, I got you. Uh, February is fabulous Florida Strawberry Month. I think they probably the, the Strawberry Union got together and mm-hmm. said Florida, you're known for oranges. We just want one month we where we focus. can celebrate yeah, we our strawberries. Focus. Yeah, there you so way to uh, go, you National Weddings Month. I guess mm-hmm. there's no coincidence with weddings and Valentines. Hmm. So I hope hopefully you book those uh, those wedding venues, chapels in Gatlinburg and there Myrtle Beach and Las Vegas. <laughs> so a couple of these are are tied together. Uh, Library Lovers Month. I don't know what that means. I, I, you know what? I was shocked mm-hmm. that there was still a library open. Well, they, the homeless people got to go somewhere. I mean, well, true, but then like I, I, our reason I knew is because my daughter needed mm. a book, and we had to go to the library. And I was like, I did not know they were still around. Here's the here's how much I did not know they were still around. Probably about a year ago, I said to my wife, wife, there needs to be a place where you can go and rent a book, so you don't have to buy the whole book. You can just rent it. It's called Barnes and Noble. You and just take, she, keep the receipt. <laughs> and she looked at me like you are a moron. That is the definition of a library. And I said, aha, you are correct. No, that's Blockbuster. <laughs> but Libra- Library Lovers Month, is that – that can be taken two ways. Like li- you love the library mm-hmm. or your lovers in the library. 
So I don't know which one that one is. The same could be said for Love the Bus Month. Do you love the riding the bus or do you love in the bus? Or love the bus. Or there's people that there's people that the have bus. you know there's people out there now with this whole social uh, justice You're movement. Right. There's people who uh, have identified that they are in love with the, uh, inanimate objects. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Uh, it, it also could be tied to National uh, Men's Prophylactic Month. We'll just we'll keep it PG thirteen. Uh, also, Prevent a Litter Month. So all of those could be tied together. Yeah. yeah. So there's that. You got anything? Yeah, it's Spunky Old Bras Month. <laughs> you noticed that one as well, right? Spunky spunky Old Bras. It's your month. <laughs> Go crazy. So all of a sudden, the villages down in Florida <laughs> has women on the prowl. Um, it, but it's also, and I don't understand this one. Uh, these are a couple I don't understand. Pull Your Sofa Off the Wall Month. Well, I do kind of understand that because, you know, with two kids, one of them being <laughs> under five uh, or – let me rephrase that. Two tax credits. One of them's under five. I understand? Um, yeah, there's all kinds of things that kind of get so far yeah, off because, the month because the stuff gets down the the, in, in the you know the, the crevices and cracks oh, and then okay. falls behind it. So I got you. I can kind of see. That. I understand. I found a that. whole pop tart the other day under one. <laughs> a whole yeah. pop tart. Leave it at Larkin. Did you eat it? No, I'm on a keto diet. I can't have a carbs. Oh man, yeah. I probably would have ate it. To be honest with you. I did feed it at Larkin. I'm not gonna waste that money. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, return shopping carts to the supermarket month. I didn't realize that, that, be was that a every day. That should be every holiday. day. Yeah, yeah. We shouldn't have a month for that. Sweet potato month. It is also sweet potato month in November. Yeah, and you're, also, you're getting greedy, super sweet potatoes. <laughs> Obviously, there's a cabal of sweet potato growers out there. There that, is trying to uh, switch people from starchy to to that. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, interesting tidbit: North Carolina that is our national or that is our state vegetable. I had vegetable. no idea. Yeah. Sure is. Way to go, North Carolina. Uh, A couple of special weeks that we're going to celebrate this month. Um, The the 3rd through the 9th is Dump Your Significant Jerk Week. Uh, Just in time before. It's the week always before Valentine's Day. That's nice. But it's also the same week as Burn Awareness Week. Mm, Coincidence? Yeah, it could be. I think not. I think they were way ahead of their time on the social culture movement. You dump your jerk because they gave you the burn. Burn. There it is. Um, the 17th or the 7th through the 12th is solo diners eat out weekend. Mm. I guess, uh, could you imagine this? You know what? I, m- singles, you know, I, I know this is probably a depressing time of year where sure. singles come, you know, have a hard time. They don't have a significant other. We have this artificial holiday created. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I get, I get it. Cause I'm you should you. love each other every All day. the time. I get that. There's but Tinder I, 365 yeah, days a year. But, it's a Friday night at the old Red Lobster, you uh-huh. know, and you, you're hankering for some cheddar biscuits with, Who your, doesn't? with your old old lady and family. Who doesn't? And, uh, you know, you, you go in there, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you notice there's a huge wait. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's 10 people. Yeah, no big deal. Okay. Uh, you think in your head, oh, it's going to be 15 minutes mm-hmm. max. You walk up to the hostess, you put your name in, party of four, mm-hmm. and also you kind of start scanning the dining room, and you notice there's 60 tables with one pe- one person sitting at each table. <laughs> And all of a sudden, she quotes you an hour and a half wait. Wait, there's 10 people ahead of me. Well, I guess that's 10 tables. Well, you clearly didn't understand that so, it was solo diners. Well, week. maybe how to encourage non-solo diners is to start putting all these people in groups. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like an artificial, maybe oh, a like little maybe, conversational. Maybe get community. together. Yeah, community thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if I could bear being with somebody that I don't know. And then it comes down to that last Cheddar Bay biscuit. Mm. And you say to yourself, hmm. 
or the check. You know, when the waitress comes oh, in and goes, yeah. is this all together you or guys separate? Together? That's going to be awkward. That awkward moment you're like, uh-huh. eh, separate. Yeah, if it's going well, you I got it. Or you know, uh, depends on certain restaurants. They put those delicious Andes mints on mm. the uh, on the check. I love these Andy mints. Or you know, even a Chinese restaurant, you fight over the fortune cookie. So yeah, there's there could be a whole debacle that could go wrong. People could go nuts for this. Now, um, do you get like? Does there a Hallmark make a card for solo diners? I mean, do you who do you get that card for? Obviously not your significant other. I mean, you have to find a random solo person. Oh yeah, it, clearly there's no card for that. No, or do you buy the card and give it to yourself? <laughs> like go to the post office, mail it, and then get so it. So sad. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to need you not to get another cat that day. That's that's all I'm going to say. Um, there, there is some things that we should talk about. It is the, the Winter Olympics are coming up. Are you excited about that at all? Uh, I didn't even know, really. It was this year. February 8th. Wow. I mean, it's like eight days away. Uh, or so. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I can tell you are so dialed into the uh, the bobsledding team that you're uncontrollable at this point. Yeah. I, I don't even really care for the Olympics, but, you know, it's just me. <laughs> um, th- some things that we do need to highlight, uh, Learning Disabilities Week, the 21st through the 24th, um, National Eating Disorders Week, the 25th, um, and uh, National Evasive Species Awareness Month. Uh, or week is the 26th through the 3rd. So how about that? <clears throat> February's chock full for such a short month. Got all kinds of holidays. I mean, these are just, we just went through two pages. I mean, there there's a whole nother set of days right. in February that we're not going to deal with. Wow. Well, I mm. guess we can wait till next year. There we go. All right. Uh, you're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will have Amanda Head. She is the... Hollywood conservative. She's on Fox News. She's been uh, on uh, podcasts and radios uh, all across the country. So we're excited to have her on the show. She has a blooming Facebook page, which she does the Hollywood Minute. Oh, but it's not like the E.T. Hollywood Minute. It's better. Right. Yeah, we don't have to learn about Kardashian's garbage. (laughs) Well, we'll come back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. This week we have live from L.A., that is Los Angeles, not Louisiana. It's not Lower Alabama. <laughs> or Lower Anderson from where <laughs> I'm from. But this is Amanda Head. She's the, known as the Hollywood conservative. She's been on Fox News and several other uh, news outlets. Uh, she also has her own website, thehollywoodconservative.us. Uh, she's also just recently signed with Rebel Media, so you'll start to see a lot more of her face out there. But she does a daily blog post um, called The Hollywood Minute. Welcome to the show, Amanda. We appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, once again, you can check her out at thehollywoodconservative.us. Um, she can all, you'll also be able to check her out on the Rebel Media. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, uh, man, we got so many so many directions I want to take this in. Which uh, what what would you like to hit on? Let's go with uh, door number one. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is what? Uh, well, I tell you what. Let's uh, let's dive into this. Uh, uh, I, I'm sure you have a great opinion. Actually, I know what the opinion is of uh, the Grammys and the uh, 
the Emmys mm. and all these award shows and their uh, political unrest that they and also the dropping viewers that their viewership they have. But what uh, gives yeah. a scoop on your from a lady's point of view being out on the left coast? What is your point of view on uh, these uh, last couple of shows we've had? Oh, gosh, I have so many opinions about these award shows. The first one being and I'll preface this. Uh, with a little bit of information. So I was in the music industry for nine years. Um, I started out uh, writing for an urban music label, and I kind of shifted into more like pop. And so I also shifted from the producing side to the performing side because I've been a singer my whole life. So, uh, So my latest, my last project before I dumped the industry I was in a pop duo with another girl and she and I, uh, we toured together and we, we played South by Southwest. We opened up for future at South by Southwest. Um, we did a spring break tour and we actually hit a lot of like, like we played club La Vila, Mm. which was really funny for me because that was like my spring break stomping ground in high school. (laughs) Um, but anyway, so, so in January of 2016, I, I finally came to a point in my life where, um, so over the course of my nine years in the music industry, as a pop artist, there are certain things you can't talk about. So I was under various contracts and all of them had a gag clause uh, pertaining to three different things that, that as a female pop artist, you can't talk about. So you can't talk about relationships because they want you to appear single. Um, because that just drives up, you know, the intrigue and all of that. They don't want you talking about religion and they don't want you talking about politics. Hmm. Uh, being, being a raging righty, uh, (laughs) I definitely was not allowed to talk about politics. So in January of 2016, you know, primaries were about to fire up and I had become, I guess, just increasingly more concerned with, you know, I don't know how old you guys, but I think we're probably in that same like millennial age bracket. Mm. Um, I was just really, really tired of people uh, within my age group not not really taking an involvement in politics, sure. um, at least at least not on a national scale. So it it became abundantly clear to me that my time in the music industry was coming to a close, and not to sound too like trite or like you know, wooden sign on the wallish, but I felt like my voice could be better used for that instead of singing. Hmm. So I switched over to politics. So, so that's a little bit of my background. So I'm coming from an entertainment perspective, even in my nine years of being in the music industry, I never watched the Grammys. I never watched the VMAs. I never watched people's choice awards, Oscars, Emmys, golden globes, any of that crap, Hmm. because it, you have you have Hollywood insiders who are awarding each other. Um, it's it's not like this is something that you know people across the country can vote on. You know, box office sales are generally a pretty strong indicator of a film's success, but not in Hollywood because they like to be all artsy fartsy and <laughs> and get on their you know their pedestal and talk about how oh, how important our craft is. No, it's not. It really isn't. Like, even even as a, a fellow singer, you guys have no idea how easy it is to produce music these days. Like, <laughs> you throw a hook. There, there's literally a formula for how mm-hmm. to make a pop song. Um, you know, chorus, chor- or, uh, verse one, verse two, 
hook, bridge, verse three, hook, bridge. It's like, you know, there, there's a formula and it's so easy. You plug it into Pro Tools um, or Logic and, and you spit it out. And it's the same thing with with the acting and film industry. Um, I, you know, these people want to act like such martyrs and like what they do is so important. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I have a lot of friends who are actors and most my my best friend, Bashir, is an actor. He also happens to be a black liberal. But he and I have been best friends for 11 years. We somehow managed to, to have <laughs> civil conversations about politics. But he's an actor and and he's such he's such an amazing friend. And he he's always so supportive of me. And he's like, Amanda, I could never do what you do. I don't know how you do it. And he recognizes the fact that you you are memorizing a script that was written by someone else. You are wearing clothes that someone else picked out for you. And you are telling a story that someone else wrote. Um, Mm. it's not that hard. And, and, you know, a lot of people get ticked off when I say that, but it's true. And, and when you compare that to, um, the jobs of hardworking Americans, uh, thing, things that I think should be regarded and revered as, as amazing jobs, you know, and, and we've shifted away from these, these dirt under your nail jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, that over the last like couple of decades, jobs like, you know, like uh, welding and construction and things like that, you know, they're not they're not glorified jobs anymore. But that those are the nuts and bolts of our country. And those are the people who who are doing things that are building our country the way that our founding fathers wanted us to with right. blood, sweat and tears and American grit, like President Trump said on Tuesday night. So, you know, that I'm going kind of on all of these rabbit trails and I apologize. But when it comes down to these award shows, it's we are it's a sad state in our country when people know more about, you know, which Kardashian sister is <laughs> pregnant yeah. than they do who when then then they know who, you know, our secretary of education is. Yeah. Now people have become much more involved, but it's because things have been so divisive. It's well, not because people are taking a genuine interest. So the the word show thing, I mean, the the worst part about it is I live in Hollywood and I have to deal with all the traffic honestly. <laughs> yeah, and I and I and another thing that I'm so sick of hearing about is this this gender wage gap thing. Mm. Um you know, this, this has been the trendy thing for the last couple of years. And I, I did a show about it last year and got raked over the coals for it. But the gender wage gap, I would I would go so far as to say it doesn't exist. But if I'm going to be a little bit more careful here, it doesn't exist to the degree that they say it does. And I'll tell you why. Because you are comparing male and female mean the average annual income. There are so many extenuating circumstances. For instance, in the nursing field, men are more likely to take the night shifts. Night shifts pay better. Women take time off for family leave. Uh, Also, the top five earning degrees in college, which are mostly engineering, medicine, and medical research type fields, are predominated by men. And I'm not talking just a little. I'm talking 85, 87, 91 percent. The five lowest earning degrees in college, sociology, social work, uh, early childhood education. I can't remember what the other two are, but they are predominated by women. Hmm. So it's you you have to when you go to a job fair and you see women lining up for the jobs that are the lowest paying jobs, you kind of have to uh, 
you have to rein in your sympathy a little bit. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the video of Jordan Jordan Peterson um, annihilating a, I think a TV four uh, <laughs> interviewee in Australia the other day. Yeah. But he uh, basically he he said, "Look, there is a difference between pay for men and women, but women is only one factor out of eighteen factors, and it's such yeah. a small minuscule part because, like like you said, we aren't taking part, we're not taking a, uh, we're not taking. I'm sorry." We're not taking the fact that women will sometimes they'll have a kid between the ages of 28 and 32, I think is what the average age is mm-hmm. right now, and they'll take yeah. off four years. So you can't expect to go back in the same market making the same as the man who had been there for four years. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that's yeah. sexist or anything like that. That's just how right. a, how and, an employer pays. Or science. And, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I will just – I will proffer the notion that I have – been raised i've been fortunate enough to be raised by and surrounded by top-notch superb godly men Mm. my dad who's been married to my mother for uh 46 years both sets of both sets of grandparents married 50 plus years until one of them passed away so both of my grandfathers my uncles my brothers my male friends my male colleagues my male bosses i have never had a bad experience in fact the the male bosses who I have right now, they are the people who gave me a platform to prove myself. They gave me the opportunity to flex my skills and my intellect, and they rewarded me when I proved their assumptions right. It is the female bosses in my life, maybe not all of them, but at least one in particular, who suppressed my skills and my intellect and my talent. Hmm. Um, Men in my life have given me opportunities to excel, and it wasn't for sexual reasons it wasn't for you know promotional gain it wasn't for anything like that so you know and i i know that i'm in the minority in that i know mm-hmm. that everybody has probably dealt with and i'm not saying that i've i've never dealt with gross men in my life i mean my gosh i live in like the headquarters i live in the <laughs> hub of gross men um but there you know this this whole me too movement you have to differentiate between um and i, I can't remember what what asinine celebrity it was who said this but one, I think it was Ashley Judd. But anyway, she said that, you know, basically uh, anything included under the Me Too tent is sexual assault and it should all be treated equally. OK, no, wow. you can't tell me that, you know, and, and I, I will tell you that a man raping me is going to cause severe psychological and emotional damage. If I'm out at a bar with a friend of mine and a drunk guy walks by and smacks my butt that you know it's going to tick me off and i'm probably going to want to throw my drink at it in his face sure. but i'm not going to suffer suffer any type of psychological or emotional lasting damage it's not the same, okay yeah. um and and i probably won't suffer i mean unless i get arrested for throwing a drink in his face but <laughs> lapd is awesome so they probably wouldn't even <laughs> they probably wouldn't even do it well, i've said i've said that from the beginning and also my wife has too is that we need to define have some type of clear Defined definition of what sexual harassment is, mm-hmm. because Ashley Judd going through the uh, airport saying, "Oh, this guy called me and said hello, darling, or hey, sweetie," and that mm-hmm. was sexual harassment. Right. Uh, that that does not equate to the same part as that's called the South. Yeah, she, she, yeah, exactly. She is comparing a Southern colloquialism mm-hmm. to rape. Seriously, like, and, and she's Southern. Like, she yeah. ought to know. She knows better. 
and I'm going to call my nut. Uh, she's a Kentucky Wildcat fan. I'm a Kentucky Wildcat fan, but come on. <laughs> you might you my, might need to dump your my, team. My my Auburn Tigers, who all of a sudden are good at basketball, we play you guys on Valentine's Day. So mm-hmm. that should be a Go miserable Tigers. day for you. But <laughs> <laughs> I think we're ranked number eleven right now. So are you really? Fun. Wow! Good job. We lost to Virginia Bruce, this Bruce past Pearl week. Bruce Pearl has done a magical job at Auburn. Yeah, I, listen, I, not to get too off course, but I've always respected Bruce Pearl. I think he got a, a bad uh, deal in Tennessee. Bad deal yeah. in Tennessee, yeah. No but I've, he's a great coach. and He's uh, actually a nice guy. I had a chance for, to cook for him. Oh, one, did you really? Yeah, once upon a dime when I was a chef. Wow, so, yeah. boy. Well, Auburn was glad to take their sloppy And <laughs> <laughs> hey, That's all right. Um, <laughs> since you mentioned about the State of the Union, um, this has been – it's been kind of funny trolling the uh, a lot of media this morning. The first thing I noticed off the bat, because I couldn't get any of my other news channels to work on my Amazon Fire TV last night, which sucked, <laughs> uh, CNN was the only one I could get to work. And the first thing that CNN said last night was uh, making remarks about uh, Melania Trump in her white attire hmm. and comparing it to last year's Democrat, uh, the ladies and the Democrats uh, pro- uh, protesting um, Trump with wearing white and you know the mistreatment of women. Hmm. Uh, and then they tried to they tried to basically say Melania was secretly protesting her her husband, basically what they said. Um, what are some interesting points that you uh, would like to bring up? Because I have a million. They, they love to pin victimhood on Melania. Mm. And make no mistake, I've met the woman. Melania is no victim. Wow. She knows she knows multiple languages. She She gets in there and bats around the ring with political men. Like she has the authority to do so, which she does. And and she's a smart woman. And and it's just it's so ridiculous that they pin this victimhood on her because she's married to Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. She's happy to be married to Donald Trump. She's been married to him for a while, longer than Joe and Mika have been married. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, <laughs> and, and if we're going to talk purely about fashion, when Melania walked out last night, like I gasped a little. She <laughs> looked spectacular. Mm-hmm. I mean, as as usual, but she she was just a vision in white, and you juxtaposition that with the funeral attire of the Democratic Party, <laughs> and of course they're gonna ha- of course they're gonna have something to say. They're they're the bitter ex girlfriend of relationships. They <laughs> they want to criticize her, even though they know that she's absolutely magnificent and divine as first lady. And you and then you go down a whole another trail comparing her to our previous first lady. And I, I'm not even gonna go there. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some interesting the look on the Democrats' faces though last night. I and I'm just for full transparency, I'm a I'm a libertarian, not a big L libertarian, I'm a, just a libertarian, but to look at the Democrats' faces last night uh was was priceless. They looked like a bunch of just bitter old retirement homes sitting in <laughs> sitting in old Ryan's or Quincy Steakhouse waiting for the East Trolls <laughs> to be brought back out. I, honestly, I think yeah. I think Nancy tried to. Di- I think Nancy Pelosi <laughs> actually did try to clap and smile, but she probably had a Botox injection that morning in her arms and face. She, so. No, she no, it wasn't Botox. She just hit an eight ball. Did you see her grinding her jaw? <laughs> actually, I saw that. I saw that, and my, and my daughter goes, "What is she doing?" I said, "Do you know how it is when you eat popcorn and you get that little bit of a shell mm. stuck in a tooth?" And she had it. She's like fishing around for that little piece of a shell between her well, teeth. Well, it was it was caught between her gums and her dentures. So, <laughs> oh, wow. so what what are your thoughts on on the on the on the state of the union? I thought it was fantastic. Um, you know, this was obviously his first go 
at a State of the Union address. Uh, I It was about 90 percent, uh, I would say, scripted and planned. I was pleased that there was 10 percent or thereabout of of Trump being Trump. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. scripted Trump is not who beat Hillary Clinton. Right. Uh, Donald Trump, with all of his, you know, ostentatious um, personality quirks, that that's that's who beat Hillary Clinton, and that's who's president now. So I was glad to see that there was still a little bit of that genuine Trump personality injected into it. Mm. And I, you know, the 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 petty person in me loved a few of those digs, like <laughs> when he said when he said, you know, we we've given uh, our military more freedom and. Uh, and he said, and, you know, just, you know, we're, we're no longer telling our enemies our plans. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's a stark change from eight years of Obama broadcasting from the Rose Garden what we were going to do. Right. And, you know, you, you I, I talked about this last night on a show. I make it my business to study my enemy's playbook. You mm. know, when, I, when I'm researching for my shows and my articles and such, I don't just look on, you know, Daily Caller or Fox News or Breitbart or Gateway Pundit. I look on The Raw and Daily Beast and Daily Cause and all of these disgusting, you know, Mother Jones, all of these gross, repugnant sites on the left because you have to study what your enemy's doing. You study what your enemy's doing. You don't tell them what you're doing. Right, right. I agree with you. Um, I guess a couple of takeaways I had from last night was, um, how many times he didn't say I? I guess in comparison to Obama's, uh, one of his last State of the Union addresses, I think Obama said I 119 times, and I think uh, old Donnie said it only 38 times. And, and wow. of course, he used the, the word we quite we, a bit. We, yeah. and they're actually criticizing him for saying America 80 times. Yeah, I think the ACLU has now uh, charged him <laughs> as being racist with saying America. So <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know America was a race, <laughs> oh but— yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, it just it but, infuriates me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no but doubt. that, but that's that's the place where we are right now. Um, you know, the American flag is associated with white nationalism. Mm-hmm. Um, just just like you know, if if you opposed Obama, then you were a racist. Right. President Trump, you know, the American flag and American exceptionalism and patriotism has been a theme since he since he came down that elevator in July of of 2015 um that has been the theme of his campaign and the theme of his presidency america first america first and somehow that is deemed as racist and bigoted and it's just you know i i never thought that we would be in a place in this country where that that's what some people i'm not i'm not going to say that's what all people but that's what that's what people on the left think Right. Uh, now, I, I just, uh, last year on vacation, we went to Ireland, and one thing we, we need, uh, immediately noticed was the Irish flag was everywhere. Not only do they have the Irish flag and they have the sense of national pride, um, they teach, uh, you know, Gaelic is mandatory in all the schools. Uh, yeah. There's nothing considered racist. In fact, Ireland is one of the uh, most welcoming countries right now for immigrants. So it has nothing to do with ha- hunkering down and, and double downing on the white race or anything like that with nationalism. Uh, so I don't quite get it. We also talked to uh, a friend of ours in the Netherlands you know, a couple of podcasts ago and same thing there, the Dutch government, they, they, they talk about the Dutch pride, 
Dutch this, Dutch, Dutch that. You have to learn the language to assimilate. We'll, we'll welcome you in, but if you don't assimilate, you're out. So Yeah, and, you know, America is uh, the most generous country when it comes to allowing immigrants to come here. We allow, I think, 1.1 million people to come in every year. Now, a part of that is economic. You have to you have to replace the population. But America is by far the most generous country. But we, you know, somehow our patriotism is is twisted. And, you know, my boyfriend's Canadian. And Uh when I go to Canada, Canadian flags everywhere. Now, he doesn't fight me when I tell him that Canada is inferior to America. (laughs) Um, Except in hockey. I let him know. I let him know from day one that Canada is America's hat, <laughs> um, and so you know America is exceptional. We we are e- even during the Obama years, even during the greatest administration in my lifetime, America was still and is still and probably will always be the greatest civilization on the face of the earth. Um, but but that's not cool to say anymore. And I don't know if you guys have ever read Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. I have. But it's, yeah. it's, it's really frightening because you look at, at some of those rules, um, particularly, I think it's 10 and 11. 11 is, 11 is the scariest one. The price of, of a successful attack is a constructive alternative or solution. So you're giving up a solution to win a fight at least as far as optics go. Um, and so you look at the things that, you know, and, and Hillary Clinton was mentored by Saul Linsky. She mm-hmm. dedicated one of her books to him. It's really, really scary when you look at these at these tactics and these playbooks of the left and you see the direction that we're going, um, which is why in, in November we've got to maintain control of the House and the Senate. And I think we can. I, th- I think we can keep the House. You brought up Hillary Clinton. One one thing maybe you can help me understand is if she's supposed to be the one that is fighting for women's rights and equality for women and uh you know she's the the person that we look to for uh to stop sexual harassment. Can can you explain to me why we have have completely forgot about Bill Clinton and <laughs> as a society like have we not for have why have we forgotten that she is the epitome of you know, putting women under and and hiding them and not letting the truth be told. Right. Like why? Well, I don't. I don't think that we've forgotten, but I think that the left doesn't talk about it out of convenience. It doesn't <laughs> sure. fit their narrative. Uh, you know, it, it 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 certainly doesn't send the message that Hillary Clinton is a champion of women. Right. Uh, a woman. A woman named Leslie Milwe, who is one of the lesser known Clinton victims. Uh, she was raped by Bill Clinton in the editing room of her. TV station in Little Rock, Arkansas, when he was mm-hmm. AG. And she's come on my show a couple of times and we've actually met up. She lives in, in Palm Springs. But, you know, I, I don't think that America has forgotten. And I think that that I think that because of that, that's why you saw um, a lot of people on the left who generally down ballot vote Democrat cross over because. Mm-hmm. They, you know, if they're going to plug their nose and vote for somebody, they felt like at least policy wise, Donald Trump was the way to go because because the last eight years were not great for America. Um, we saw, you know, decreases in home ownership, uh, skyrocketing numbers of, of welfare and, and Section 8 and food stamps, um, high unemployment, all of these policies that Obama enacted. 
And she talked about on the campaign trail uh, continuing those policies. So for people who, you know, maybe weren't really fond of either one as a person, at least policy wise, Don, you know, it's, it's like Donald Trump <laughs> said on the campaign trail, what do you have to lose? Right. Seriously. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned a little bit that you are from Birmingham uh, and maybe a little bit how you got into where you're at now. But what brought you from Birmingham to to maybe the full story of, of how, how you got to where you're at? Sure. So I, I started singing when I was really young. I started doing musicals and uh, I think age nine was my first musical. And I, I was singing my whole life. I went to Auburn, uh, majored in music and uh, I started studying opera when I was in ninth grade. So I was I was singing opera all throughout college, all throughout Auburn. And um, but my second to last year at Auburn uh, which full disclosure, I was there for five years in a semester Not a girl. because, because, uh, I was having a really good time and I changed my major. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I basically waited till the last minute because Auburn was having a great football season and I didn't want to lose my student ticket. Nice. So, uh, I had my priorities in line. Sure. Um, but anyway, so my, my second to last year at Auburn, I changed my major to business because my dad, who has been in corporate America for 40 something years, finally got to me. He said, you know, you can sing and you can pursue a career in music without a degree. So just go ahead and get a degree that will be mm-hmm. helpful in other areas. So I changed my major to business, minored in uh, music and applied math. And no, no, no gender we, studies? No, no gender <laughs> studies, no West African studies, nothing like that. Um, so I moved out to LA in 2006 to pursue music, wow. did that <clears throat> from 2006 to 2016. And then in 2016, uh, when I left the music industry, that was January 4th. And um, I had kind of a come to Jesus moment, thought about it, prayed about it for a while. And so when I quit music, I was like, okay, so how do I proceed with this political stuff? So I reached out to a friend of mine who is kind of a, a rock star in political circles. Um, his name is Sean McCutcheon. Sean was a, a family friend of mine, and he was really the only person that I still had ties with in in the political world because he's actually a civil engineer. Hmm. But after he won that Supreme Court case, he did the media rounds. He did MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, you know, Rush Limbaugh, all the talk radio guys. And so I reached out to him, I think January 6th, and I said okay, I want to do like a video blog or something on YouTube. Can you help me out? And he said, well, you know, the first thing you ought to do is you should come to CPAC. So February of 2016, I went to CPAC and uh, it was like a last minute flight that I booked when I decided to go. So it was like a gosh awful price. (laughs) Um, I I stayed at a friend's house who lived in Alexandria, Virginia, borrowed their minivan to drive into DC for the conference. And, uh, you know, had some some cheapo business cards printed up and I went to see I went to CPAC and just networked my fanny off. I went in there with a stack of business cards in my hand and pardon the reference, but I was like a rapper with singles at a strip club. I was just like, <laughs> I was like I making was it rain. Sling- yeah, I was I was making it rain business cards. And I, you know, I spoke to everyone that I possibly could and. Sean um, introduced me to his media booker, the guy that that booked him on all of these shows. And, you know, because I hadn't really been in politics, 
the way that I branded myself and the niche that I plugged myself into was being a conservative in Hollywood. So that's what all of my interviews were about. Um, and so towards the end of media row, after I'd done a couple radio interviews, the, the head of one of the stations that I gave an interview to caught up with me and said, um, one of our personalities is leaving to go to Salem. Do you want to do your own radio show and use her time slot? So I was like, uh, okay. You know, I'm one <laughs> of those people that I jump off a cliff and I figure out how to fly on the way down. Sure. Um, a lot like this podcast. I got you. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, started that in March of 2016 wow. and did that up until, a uh, little over a year later, um, a super PAC in DC reached out to me about being their national spokesperson. So nice. I started doing that with them in October. A few months after that is when the rebel reached out to me to start a new show with the rebel. So now I'm currently doing shows for the rebel and, uh, and then I do media, I do Fox news and all that stuff for the super PAC. So in a nutshell, that's, that's kind of how everything got started. It was basically jumping into the deep end and, and just kind of, you know, being intrepid and entrepreneurial and just yeah. figuring out what I was doing, every, you know, each, each and every day. That's awesome. That's a really cool story. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, looking forward to this fall, um, any predictions, uh, with upcoming elections and stuff like that with the house? I think that, um, well, for one thing, I think that one of the nails in the coffin for any hope for Democrats taking over, uh, one major nail in the coffin was tax reform. Mm -hmm. Um, that, that was, uh, aside from Neil Gorsuch Supreme court appointment, that was, and, and the, the Supreme court appointment doesn't really matter to a lot of people. Uh, you don't really realize the functions of it until, like a big court case comes up like the Oregon bakery and stuff like that. Um, but that was, that was a huge thing. And that's something that lasts decades beyond current legislation. Uh -huh. um, the Supreme court appointments are how we hang on to American values. Um, and if president Trump had not been elected, basically all hope would have been lost because you had Scalia's spot being filled Let's face it, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to bite the. She's on life support soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and she was saying that you know she she wasn't going to go to President Trump's uh, State of the Union address, and I'm like, yeah, it's because the last one you went to, you fell asleep. asleep yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, can we talk about that for a little bit? I, I was watching that, and they panned to the Supreme Court justices. Can we not get them some new robes? I mean, they're all different colors of black. Are they not using their Tide Pods or whatever? Like, they were all over the map. Yeah, they're eating their Tide Pods. One guy looked like Lurch. Like, come on now. <laughs> That's just their faces. Yeah, I, I, think they, I think they kind of tried to hold that uh, that mystical value of, like, Gryffindor, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, like, we're all just, like, the normal, you know— peons of, of America and they look now obviously I don't think they do this I right. don't think they look down on us although if I were a Supreme Court judge I, for I would. sure would look down my nose at people oh definitely <laughs> well, let me make a law about if, that if right I, now hold on if I, was, if, if I was just a city judge I would I mean mm -hmm. having honor having honorable before your name are you kidding me 
I would use that everywhere. Like I would go to McDonald's and be like, you will call me honorable. I just wish they'd go back to the white wigs. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Yeah. That'd be good. No doubt. Yeah, I just finished watching um, uh, John Adams for the mm. probably third time. I good love show. that series. Mm. Um, and seeing him in the white wigs and, you know, when they were when they were deliberating over the terms of our Constitution, that, that was in the months of May, June and July. And in the show, it shows them. And I think this is probably pretty accurate. You know, when they go back in the chambers and they're discussing stuff, they take off their wigs and they're all sure. just like dying under so four hot. layers of clothing and polyester. Well, no, probably not polyester. They didn't have polyester back then. But Whoa. under, you know, two pounds of hair and um but yeah, but it's a nice look, and you know the Brits still do that. I think Canadians still do that. Yep, uh, France nice, does. I think it's a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a lot of pomp and circumstance, I guess. Now, mm-hmm. um, so be, you mentioned being on the left coast. Now, I watch a, a lot of. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Mark Dice and his work. Yeah, I love Mark. <laughs> now I, I watch a lot of a lot of his videos, and, and it, it trips me out. I, I, I'm center. I've been out to LA once, you know, and I, I enjoyed all the all the famous sites such as In and Out mm-hmm. and uh, Pink's Hot Dogs. Yeah. I didn't get to see anything else. That's I want to go to the Giant Donut. <laughs> yeah, That's where I want to go. We went there too. But um, are people are the the twenties crowd really that just stupid? I mean, <laughs> because I mean, I'm just saying. I watched a video. I think yesterday, or yesterday, people uh, there was a reporter on the street asking a uh, college student, age twenty twenty five. Um, what they thought about the the State of the Union address the day before the State of the Union address, <laughs> and yeah. they made comments such as racist and things like that. Now, also, these are the same people that um, Mark, like Mark Dice, would go out and say, um, "Today's you know Martin Luther King Day. We you know Martin Luther King died today. Uh, you know at the age of ninety seven or whatever." And they would say, "Oh man, it's so sad." Are people, millennials, I guess, 20 to 25, I guess is what we're saying, are they really just, like, stupid? Yeah, I mean, yeah they are. But, but, but let me go a little deeper here because their stupidity is, and this is going to shock you a little, their stupidity is not the problem. Their stupidity is a symptom of the problem. Mm-hmm. The problem yeah. being with social media today, everybody can be a celebrity. Yeah. And – these people answering questions on the street, they would rather become an instant celebrity and have 15 seconds on Jimmy Kimmel and look stupid for it. Even, and and they've got to know they're, they're going to look stupid because they don't know the answer to the question, but they would rather have that. And it's because you see people like Kim Kardashian, who's famous for a sex tape and all these other celebrities who are famous for what reason? Nobody knows. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do a, uh, we're going to transition out. So how can people get a hold of you or, or listen to you? Um, yeah. So you can go to my website, thehollywoodconservative.us, and you'll find links to uh, Facebook and Twitter. My Twitter is at the HWCon, short for the Hollywood Conservative, because Twitter discriminates against long names. <laughs> and You're racist. then. Uh, yeah. And then on Facebook, you can find me, Amanda Head, the Hollywood Conservative, or any derivative thereof awesome well cool we're gonna play a game uh if that's cool with you uh we it's sure. called 10 and 1 we're gonna ask you 10 questions and see if you can get it in under a minute are you game are these yes or no questions <laughs> they're all over the map all right <laughs> here we go all right what do you miss most about birmingham 
my parents. What's the last show you binge watched? Uh, 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 Broad Church. Uh, Roll Tide or War Eagle? War Eagle, easy. Biscuits or Cornbread? Sweet Cornbread. Oh, Stacy Dash or Electro Pop Duo Stash? <laughs> I'm going to go with Stash because I still get royalties. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you love Nutella? Uh, 4. Favorite winter Olympic sport? Mm, figure skating. Release the memo, yes or no? Yeah. What is your what is your guilty pleasure song? Uh, Ghetto Superstar. <laughs> what is your spirit food? Everybody has a spirit animal that they relate to. What is your spirit food? Uh, fireball Jawbreakers. Oh, wow. No one has said no that. No one yet. has ever said that before. Congratulations. You won. Right. Good job. Well, th- <laughs> thanks, Amanda. We appreciate you joining us. Hopefully you'll join us again before you become a superstar. Yeah, An even bigger you superstar. Guys, uh, you guys know how to reach me, so just reach out anytime. Well, thanks again. Once again, to listeners, please go follow one of our websites, Twitter, social media, and also be looking for her on the rebel.media. Once again, I want to thank uh, Amanda Head from the Hollywood Conservative coming on. This is a segment we've just introduced uh, called What We Learned. Bojo, what'd you learn? I learned that there's a lot of stupid people in California. There are a ton of stupid people. That's why they put the wooden handrails on the piers, because people <laughs> just walk off. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's been times where I probably would have done that. Me too, so when I had too much saltwater taffy at the Myrtle <laughs> Beaches. Uh, I, I've learned that um, that Trump is is a, is a wee person, not an eye person. Yeah. He's a weeble wobble. Yeah. But they don't fall down. I, I learned that Nutella probably could be used as a crypto trading currency. Oh, my gosh. You're right about that. Yeah. We should do a, a Nutella coin right next to our biscuit. Yeah, biscuit coin. <laughs> you can, you, you actually, if you marry those two together, that's a delicious tre- uh, treat for breakfast. I learned that there's actually not – there's actually a few conservatives in Hollywood. These people yeah. actually have some national pride. And and uh, it's just encouraging to hear people not be embarrassed to say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm an American. Yeah. That's actually not racist. There you go. Believe it or not. All right. Anyway. Well, that's a segment called What We've Learned. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we learned a lot more. Anyway, we appreciate you joining us once again for this episode. Um, please go to our uh, website at uh, southernfriedphilosophy.com. You can also check us out at uh, the Twitters and uh, Instagram at SFP Radio. You can also go to Facebook at Southern Fried Philosophy, YouTube.com slash SFP Radio. Also go to iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. You can find our podcast on there. Please share the episodes. I'm also go and subscribe. Yeah, and one other thing that we're going to do is SFP Lent. So if you are a guy that would like to do a 40-day devotional, uh, you can join us, the Southern Fried Philosophy Guru, and we will be doing that. You'll go to our website, southernfriedphilosophy.com, and then click the link SFP Lent, and uh, there'll, there'll be instructions on how to do that. Yeah, just about 15-minute devotional every night. 9 o'clock. Yeah. We'll be doing that. And then also, if you would like to be a part of the show and you want to come hang out with us at the SFP Smoking Hot Seats, brought to you by Bad Mother Smokers, just shoot us an email at sfpradio at gmail.com, and we will get you set up. You can come sit in the studio and hang out with us. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that on a Wednesday night? Exactly. I mean, that's perfect. I'll, All right. I'll even buy the donuts. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's an episode of Southern Fried Philosophy. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great week. See you next week.
Okay, so let so let's rewind eight years during President Obama's administration. He was a beautiful orator. Mm-hmm. He gave perfect mm-hmm. speeches. Yep. He had perfect pacing. He knew when to take pauses. He knew when to allow for applause. He knew the right words to insert at the right time. He knew the right times to cry that fake ass crocodile tear. <laughs> Sorry. Bring the heat. Sorry if you have to believe that. No, no, um, so, but he lied to us over and over and over again. Right. President Trump, you may not like the way that he's that he talks or the way that he delivers his message, but he tells us the truth all the time. And he is one of the most transparent presidents in American history. And frankly, if it comes down to, you know, salty truth or savory lies, I'll take salty truth any day of the week. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I agree with you on that. 